everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Hadley Chloe, transcendent jewelry designs for the modern bohemian woman. If you want to style yourself with confidence, look amazing, and free your style, then Hadley can definitely help you. As a professional jeweler, Hadley has an incredible eye for detail and a heart for enriching the lives of women through her innovative jewelry designs and her virtual styling services. Shop HadleyChloeCHLOE.com to look amazing, feel confident, and free your style. Follow me on social media at Instagram and Facebook, and you'll see how much I love Hadley's designs. Thank you, Hadley, for sponsoring today's episode. Well, I hope you guys are loving these episodes in season two just as much as I am. Last week's conversations with Candace Payne and Holly Girth, come on, you guys, they were so great. Candace talked about how we can fight for joy no matter what is going on around us. And that is a message we all need right now in 2021 and moving forward. And then Holly Girth and I talked about the powerful purpose of introverts. And she shared one critical question that we can all ask to help us know how to love each other well. We've been talking about going from desert to destiny and seeing how even our desert experiences can propel us into destiny when we choose obedience. Last week, we looked at the life of Jesus and how his very own desert experience has so much to do with how we walk through ours. So today we're going to look at Psalm 107 and then we're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 19 to introduce us to a man who knew what it was like to fight extraordinary battles and then experience the deepest valleys of lows. And so no matter where you are today, there's going to be something for you in today's episode. Right now, I'm going through the Bible study, The Settled Soul by Dr. Jody Dietrich. She's actually a guest at the end of this month in January on the podcast. You're going to absolutely love her. But in the session I was just reading, she had us read Psalm 107, and the word settled is actually in that psalm. This psalm talks about the Israelites and their journey and how in their peril, their courage literally melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunk men, it says in this passage. They were at their wit's end. And I feel like after the year we have had, guys, so many of us feel like we are at wit's end. I know that I am encountering some situations in my own personal life that I feel like, God help me, I am at my wit's end. And just like we can cry out, they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And it says, he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. We're going to talk about that more in just a moment. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, when he guided them to their desired haven. It says they were at their wits end, all their wisdom, all their skill, all their knowledge, all their ability to help themselves out of the situation was swallowed up by the circumstances they found themselves in. 
Some of it was because of their own doing. And no matter why we might feel like we're in a desert experience, when we cry out to help, God is always faithful to hear us and to answer us. If you're listening to this today and you are thinking, I am at my wits end. And here is the encouragement in this. Listen, guys, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of what God can do supernaturally in us and through us. So don't see this as an end. This is not the end of your story. See this as the beginning of something extraordinary that God wants to do through you. There was a verse in that chapter 107 that I said we're going to come back to, and that is that he stilled the storm to a whisper. I feel like everything that we've been through the last year has been so loud, so screaming in our ears, in our minds, in our spirit, in our emotions. It's even so difficult to get our own emotions to calm down and not feel like our our disappointment or our confusion is throbbing in our ears. But listen, guys, God has the ability, the power, and the desire to quiet our storms to a whisper. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we meet Elijah at a point where he is at wit's end. He is this powerful prophet, anointed man of God, but he's experiencing deep levels of discouragement and disappointment. And it came on because he had just experienced one of the most miraculous supernatural events recorded in all of scripture at the top of Mount Carmel. I remember standing there in Israel and and imagining this moment when he called down fire from heaven as he alone is standing up against the 800 prophets of Baal, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel's prophets under a wicked administration. And he is asking God to do the impossible, to prove who he is as God. And he does that very thing. And so you think Elijah would be on top of the world, but he's discouraged and he's depleted and he's disappointed in the results of that supernatural encounter because nothing that he was praying for happened in that moment. And maybe you've been there. He's at Mount Carmel. He's in the fight of his life. And then he didn't see the results that he longed for. You know, sometimes we pray, we experience God in a miraculous way. We have these mountaintop experiences and then we're met with unmet expectations And then often what follows is fear and isolation. And that's exactly what we see in the life of Elijah. If you have your Bible or your smartphone and you're somewhere where you can read along with me, I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 19 so we can see this story at a glance. And then we're going to unpack the way that God met him in the desert, just like he meets us today. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all of the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Guys, look at the discouragement, the deep despair that he is in. He literally is despairing for his life. We see that he's afraid. We see that he becomes isolated, leaves his servant and keeps moving forward. And then he even takes it a step further and he says to the Lord, I have had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. 
I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. Talk about feeling like he is in a desert. He feels like all of his efforts have been futile. They've been for nothing. His work, his ministry, his belief in God. And maybe you're feeling that way today and you say, God, I'm so tired. I've had enough. I'm at my wit's end. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. I'm going to pause our story right there and unpack a little bit about what we see in those verses. Once Elijah realized the outcome was not going to be what he was hoping for, he literally withdrew from the arena of conflict. He sits down under a broom tree and he begs to die. He's depleted. He's finished. He's exhausted. He feels like his work and his effort was fruitless. And I love that the angel of the Lord twice comes and meets him. And he's not, he's not condemning him and saying, Elijah, what's wrong with you? Don't you know you're a mighty man of God? Get up, dust yourself up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, he says, you need to eat. You need to, you need to rest. You need to recalibrate. And you need to to take some time and and be ready for the journey that is ahead of you. I find it interesting that then he goes on this 40-day journey to Mount Horeb, which is where Moses received the Ten Commandments, the establishing God's covenant. And, you know, that's synonymous with Mount Sinai, you know, where most people believe that's the same mountain in Israel. So, you know, God doesn't tell him to go there. So we don't know exactly why Elijah felt like he wanted to take this journey, except that maybe he needed to go back to the place where God initiated that covenant because there isn't an indication that God specifically told him to go there. And and there's so often that we need to remind ourselves of the promises of God that will not fail even when we look at a situation and we say, God, I prayed, I believed in you, I did what I thought was all the right things to do, and this is the result of this. This is a result of me serving you or obeying you. And God says, remember my covenant to you. You need to rest. The journey is too much for you right now. You're not in the right mindset to do what I'm calling you to do. Then let's pick up the story again in 1 Kings 19. It says, when he arrived at the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, he went into a cave and he spent the night. And then my subtitle says, the Lord appeared to Elijah. This is a very different situation than an angel appearing to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars. They put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, 
He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Let's unpack these few verses. So when the Lord sees Elijah here, he asks him a very simple question. And it's very similar to the question that God asked Adam in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell. In that case, God said, where are you, Adam? Although he knew exactly where he was. The point was, why are you hiding from me? Why aren't you where you would normally be in your relationship with me? And in this case, he asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? Meaning, I didn't ask you to come here. You are operating out of your despondency, out of your despair, out of a wrong mindset, out of your discouragement that has caused you to believe you're the only one left and you're not even inquiring of me. And in response, it's interesting that Elijah doesn't even give God a direct answer. He implies that his work is worthless. That is such a terrible feeling and the lie of the enemy to think that all you have done has been for nothing. And he receives this instruction, go stand outside for the Lord is about to pass by. Now listen, I don't know about you, but if I get that instruction, my first thought is what did he expect? What what did he think that was going to look like or sound like? But even in his low, depleted state, in the middle of a desert, he is so tuned in to the voice of God that he recognizes it and he recognizes what it is not. It says this violent wind came, basically, or tornado or hurricane force winds. It shatters the rocks. And you'd be thinking, oh my goodness, surely this is the voice of the Lord. Listen to this wind. No, it says God was not in the wind. Then there's this earthquake. Imagine the sound of that, the splitting of the earth, the rumbling of that. What, what that must have sounded like, he is still in the cave. He's not seeing it. He's simply hearing it. He's attuning his ear. Then there's a fire. Maybe he heard the crackling of it. He could feel the heat maybe coming through the mouth of that cave. And God is not in the fire. And then he hears a gentle whisper. Just like we said earlier, he stills the storm to a whisper. Sometimes we want God to scream louder than all of the chaos we're hearing around us, but we have got to quiet ourselves. We have got to tune our ears to hear the whisper of God. And it says, when Elijah heard it, he came out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. That tells me that even in that desert state, Elijah knew the voice of God. So he pulls his coat up over him and he goes and he stands at the mouth of the cave because now he knows that was the voice of God. And it says this, then the voice said to Elijah again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And again, he responds the same way. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. You didn't just hit rewind on your recording or having deja vu. He said the same thing again. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go out to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nemeshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Mahula to succeed you as prophet 
And Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Haziel. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. So they had all their bases covered. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. You're not the only one, Elijah. All whose knees have not bowed to Baal and all whose mouths have not kissed him. And, and, and if you don't know this story, on your own time, go and read the end of the story of what happens and how God uses Jehu because he is the one that ends up seeing to the destruction of the wickedness that was Ahab and Jezebel. It wasn't in Elijah's hand, but it was at the hand of those that Elijah anointed. God had a plan all along and what he initiates, he will finish. God found Elijah in this detour that he had taken and he said, listen, you need to go back the same way you came. Go back to the desert of Damascus and I have people to come alongside of you. There are five critical keys in this passage and that is that we see that part of Elijah's process of healing and restoration and moving from desert to destiny was rest. Some of us just need to embrace rest. It is a critical component to our health. Second, God provided relationship that has been so challenging in this season of isolation. And remember that he had isolated himself from his servant, left the servant. I wonder what that conversation was when Elijah said, I want you to stay here. I don't think Elijah intended to return. But he did return because there was destiny on his life. And God provided these critical relationships moving forward. These three men that became such crucial components to part of the, the Elijah anointing and destiny. The mantle was passed to Elisha. And Jehu is the one that finished the job that Elijah started. And he saw the death and destruction of Jezebel. Also, we see the word remember. Remember what God has done for you. Go back the way you came. Rehearse the goodness of God, the promises of God, and then resume your activity. Yes, we need to rest. We need to recover. We need to recalibrate. But then some of us need to resume activity. It is not worthless. Don't let the enemy convince you that your destiny is over or that the work you've done has been for nothing, or maybe you've taken a detour and you are painfully lost in your faith journey, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. God can find you. He can restore you. He can recalibrate your mind. He can renew your mind with the truth of his word. He can help you to resume the destiny that is on your life. And then finally, Elijah went out and recruited. See, we're supposed to be multiplying ourselves, guys. This is not a day for us to become recluse. This is a day for us to say, God, who is on my assignment list today? Who do you want me to go minister to? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to recruit and to help empower into their destiny? It's a time for us to rise up and stop sitting under the broom tree and stop feeling our sorry for ourselves and stop feeling like everything we did was for nothing and to say, God, I am ready to move out of this desert and to step into my destiny. Maybe you're at wit's end. Maybe you've gone a wrong direction. Maybe you feel used up like Elijah did. Maybe you feel that your efforts have been futile. But listen, he settled the storm to a whisper. He settled the storm to a whisper. And he can give us a settled heart, a settled spirit. God settles us. And I want you to pray that right now. God, would you settle me? 
settle every sideways emotion, settle every question that I don't understand, settle every racing thought I have in my mind, settle the storm to a whisper because God, you are in the whisper. Don't look for him in the chaos, guys. Look for him in the quiet. I don't know where you are as you're listening to this today. Maybe you're on the top of the mountaintop. Maybe you just are completely on fire from God and you're seeing him do miraculous thing in your life and in the lives of those around you. And if that's the case, thank God for that and pray for those that do find themselves in a desert today. Or maybe you are in a desert of disappointment or discouragement or feeling depleted or feeling simply at wit's end the way Elijah felt, the way the Israelites felt. And what did they do? They cried out for God in Psalm 107. And it said he brought them out of their distress, just like he did for Elijah. He stilled the storm to a whisper, just like he did for Elijah. Remember that when we come to our wit's end, that the end of ourselves is the beginning of God doing something supernatural in our lives, something miraculous, something you would never have otherwise seen. Maybe some of you need to turn around. You've taken a detour to stop and say, God, I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know what I'm doing here. But I want to go back to where I know your presence was palpable in my life. I want to go back to the place that I encountered you. I want to still be able to hear your voice and know what your voice sounds like and feels like and resonates even when I'm in a cave and I'm in a dark place. God, I want to hear your voice. I'm going to pray that over you as we end our time today. God can settle your soul and he can still your storm to a whisper. God, I thank you that even when we feel like we are at wit's end, there is nowhere that we could go that you cannot find us. God, that you love us. You don't just show up and and reprimand us or criticize us or condemn us, God, but you gently woo us back to who you are. You reveal yourself to us. All we need to do is cry out to you. It doesn't matter what desert we find ourselves in. If it's a desert of discouragement or feeling depleted or simply just feeling at our wits end. We feel so discouraged by maybe what we're seeing around us or just the drain of this pandemic and all that's going on in our culture, God. We desperately, desperately need to hear your voice. We need to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. We have family. We have friends. We have those we love who need to hear your voice. So God, I pray you would tune our ear to you. I pray that you would draw us out of our desert places, out of our caves, out of the lies we believe that we're the only one or that we shouldn't even bother going on. And God, we would once again turn our eyes to you and know that you can not only settle us, you can settle the storm around us to a whisper so that your voice will cut through louder, greater, more powerful, more precise, more clearly than any other voice in our life. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladonadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. 
where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.